right, Thomas, I need your official on the air prediction. What team is drafting Malik Willis, Willis and with what pick? Um, so I think I think it you don't you don't have to give me the exact pick, but like give me like one through five, six through ten, eleven through fifteen, that sort of thing. I think six through ten. Uh, okay. I think if the Panthers don't go don't get Mayfield, then the Panthers probably grab Malik. Um and then the other two possibilities would be Seattle and Atlanta. So Atlanta would be a good story because he's from there. And mm-hmm. him and Kyle Pitts could be pretty dynamic together, I think. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's like three or four quarterback needy teams in the top ten, and I think one of them, even though it probably is a, a little bit of a stretch because you don't typically draft projects in the top five or top ten, uh, I think one of them will have to just bet on the upside. What do you think, Ghost? Yeah, I, I think we've interacted enough that you know I'm not super high on Willis. I think he's the best of the bunch simply because he has an unlimited ceiling, but he has significant flaws. But I think what goes into his favor is that overall this is a really weak QB draft. So him being the number one out of the weak QB draft, and like you said, there are, there are at least four or five QB needy teams. Uh, it's kind of like just, um, you know, closing time at the bar you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta pick what you choose what you got uh, or else you're gonna be left without anything so i think that i think that'll push up his his draft valuation i think six through ten is is kind of a little rich for him like you said he's a project josh allen went you know in the top five top six i think he went five overall actually mm-hmm. and he, and he was seen as a project but he was 6'5". Malik Willis is like six foot on his tippy toes. Uh, he's not as quite of a physical specimen as Josh Allen was. But they do share a lot of similarities with uh, how hard they can throw the ball. Malik Willis is a lot more elusive. Lot um, Malik Willis is like a 4'340". Yeah, yeah. He's a much he's faster quarterback. He's like a... Stronger too. He's built. Yeah, he's like a... He's like... He's like halfway not height wise but like just build wise he's like halfway between lamar jackson and josh allen i would say mm-hmm. um he's I, he's not quite as fast as lamar but in it but he's got a stronger arm and he's not quite as big as josh allen but he's more elusive so well, he's an he's, interesting prospect he's about michael vick's height right vick was what six one six two and, and malik is just shy of six one uh yeah i mean michael vick might have been 511 who knows uh, <laughs> well, right. i don't i don't trust any of those i mean for the longest time like kyler kyler murray was like 510 and then you saw him next to somebody who was actually 510 and it's like oh he's like 58 59 there's been so many short quarterbacks that have been like super successful yeah. it's not it's not the height is not the stigma that it used to be that like, it used to be it's getting more concerned over his hand size than malik is over his height yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. But even still, like you prefer them to be in that six four, six five range if you can. Uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. He's a, he's an interesting prospect. I, I we went through a weird like around the NFL Combine and like the early pro days and stuff where all the quarterbacks were getting pumped up, and I was like, this is insane. There's like people were saying like oh, there could be three or four quarterbacks in the top 10, five or six quarterbacks in the first round. And I'm like, that would be absolutely absurd because none of these quarterbacks really have a first, a true first-round grade on them. And as we've kind of fallen away from the combine and people have, like, dug into everybody's film, I've, I've seen, like, Hal fall off. I've seen um, Coral fall off. He's fell off quick. A lot of them have I've, seen, I've seen Pickett fall off. Like, all, all of them, like, literally, like, Malik Willis was being – mocked at like number two to the lions Pickett was being mocked you know to the to the uh panthers or the falcons uh you know multiple quarterbacks inside the top 10 and now it seems like we might get one in the top 10 maybe one in the top 20 uh and that seems more realistic to me i i'm on i don't know if i'm actually on the record but i've said on twitter and in discord before like i much prefer ritter at like the end of the first in the second round uh with his film and uh, ability, I, I that's a better, the value seems better there than any of these other quarterbacks. Definitely in the top five, probably six or 10, but like 
like I said, I've always said, like, if Willis falls to the Steelers at 20, I'm fine with it. But I've like the beat writers for the Steelers have been pumping up this like, oh, the Steelers are going to they want to trade up and get Willis. They love that guy. And I'm like, I do not want to trade up for any of these quarterbacks. I think they all have significant flaws. And like, I don't want to burn draft capital on on risky picks when next year is seen as a much better overall class. Uh, I'd rather roll with Trubisky for a year and and see where we're at next year. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I've, I think in the recent weeks, it seems like we've been drifting away from quarterback, but I think if Willis is there, I'm, I'm, I've said this to you from the very beginning. I, if Willis is there at 20, I'm fine with it. I really just don't want to try to trade up into the top 10 and, and get him. Yeah. That, that's why I want Willis to go. Cause I think one, I mean, the Steelers are, easily a top five NFL organization and have been uh, there like um, if if you give Patriots one Steelers are basically two and then they're they're right there with it's like it's like Patriots Steelers Packers it's like those are the top three franchises in NFL history yeah that's a long way of saying you're right Thomas they're a top five NFL franchise. no I think I think I think five is is a little top three I mean Sam's would probably be in there for a top five because they've been in they the 80s, 90s, and, and 2000s. I mean, they've been okay in the 2000s. They've, they've been made, well twice in the 2000s. They've been okay in the 2000s. They're not like anything crazy. Uh, they, they didn't win. Listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. <laughs> if, if you could have told me that we'd be in the Super Bowl twice, I'd have been ecstatic. Because I've had, I think they've had... No, they won't have one one win season in the two thousands, but they've yeah. had several five or less. I think when you're, but when you're talking about like all time great, like it's I don't think the the Niners are there. The Niners are in the top five. I agree, but like I think the top, like there's a tier there's a tier above everybody else, and I think it's like the Patriots just because of the last twenty years, really before the before two thousand, like the Patriots were a joke of a franchise for the I most agree. part. I would say Pack and Steelers probably a top two. But, right, I mean Packers Steelers. The Bears have fallen off dramatically in the last 10 years, but the Bears were always up there. The Niners are up there for sure. I think just the last 20 years of domination for the Patriots, you got to put them number one because it's unprecedented what they've done. But yeah, I just think, I think, I think Pats, Steelers, Packers are like easily one tier above everybody else. And then you got like, I think the Bears used to be up there. They're not anymore. They fell off. The ni- the Niners used to be up there. They fall, they fallen down. I feel like. Um, you know, the Cowboys probably used to be up there, but they really only had that real dominant run in the 90s and then have done nothing since then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the 90s were kind of there. I mean, they, they were good. I mean, you know, like the, uh, they were good in the 70s, 70s too. But, you know, the, Ra- the Raiders used to be really good. Like they've fallen off. But, like the Steelers and Packers have like pretty much been there the whole time. Yeah. All that said, I'm hoping Malik goes to, to pick. <laughs> I, think that would, I, I want him to succeed. Um, so, and I think that's the best chance of success. I think. Like, it'd be cool if he went number two overall. Like, that'd be good publicity for, for Liberty. That'd be, you know, really cool for him. But nobody, nobody. Barry Sanders didn't succeed in Detroit. Calvin Johnson didn't <laughs> succeed. Like, <laughs> there's just no hope, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I it, They're lovable losers. And I think the Browns, I mean, this kind of goes into – our main topic, but the Browns used to be those level of the losers too, along with the, the lions. But I think them going so hard after Watson and then giving him a mega deal, uh, in the midst of all of his, uh, legal trouble and allegations. I, I think people have soured on the Browns as the, as the level of losers. I, I mean, I've always rooted against them because we're in the same division, but I feel like outside our division, they were, they were kind of seen as the AFC lions. Uh, and now it's uh, not that way anymore. Now we just have the Lions. <laughs> and it's impressive endurance to be a Lions fan. Yes. Like, I, I would be willing to bet that 90% of Lions fans have only had one job after turning 25, have never gotten divorced regardless of the circumstances. <laughs> um, like, everything in their life stays the same. They are fiercely loyal to whatever they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the only Lions fans, like Steelers fans are everywhere. 
Cowboys fans, you know, you, you can find fans of teams that are like, we're good at some point, And that's like when you started watching football. And so you became a fan of them. There's not that for the lions. Like if you're a lions fan, you're from the greater Detroit area. You've, you've were born into it. Your father was a lions fan. Your grandfather was like, that's how it goes. Like that, those are the kinds of fans you meet. So when you meet somebody who says that, like who, who out and out says they're a lions fan, you know, there's a deep rich history there of disappointment. Yeah, I almost feel so bad. I was like, do I need to sort of go fund me? Like, how can yeah. I help? Like, that's my initial reaction to Alliance fans. What can I do to help you, man? Yeah, let me get you a beer. Uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, well, well, we've spent 10 minutes on the NFL draft, and for good reason. This is, uh, if you don't know, next week is the 2022 NFL draft taking place in Las Vegas. We've done a long string of episodes that were of the serious sort, and we kind of wanted to lighten it up a bit for one. So we're going to focus on the NFL today, mostly the current scandals that are going on and, and what we think of them and what it means for the league and all of that fun stuff. But I'm a huge NFL draft fan. I know Thomas follows the dolphins and as you said they don't have much picks this year which is kind of takes takes the fun out of the nfl draft uh but it's still they could still trade in i guess you, you still got hope they could trade up no nah, um they already said that any tradable asset they had that would make them move up in the draft they're not willing to move <laughs> the only thing they're considering is moving back in the draft to really load up next year next year potentially yeah like move back and get like a third rounder for their 102nd overall pick this year and have six picks in the top 100. Yeah, um, next year's a much deeper draft, especially with offensive talent. This is seen as a weaker draft, but there are some good defensive talent at the top. Yeah, uh, the actually, the quarterback position is not as like star-studded. Yeah, the quarterback position is not good. The running back position is pretty shallow. Wide receiver seems pretty deep, but not a lot of top end. And no really notable tight ends to speak of maybe one or two. Uh, there's actually a lot of uh, the interior O line, this draft, a lot of D line, this draft, some really good corners and uh, a maybe generational safety when Kyle Hamilton, we'll see how that goes. But all that being said, this is the one V one deep state podcast. I'm Jake at the rake, but the A's a four on Twitter. As always, I'm joined by at Thomas black underscore 86 on Twitter. We are at OVO Deep State on Twitter is the show's Twitter. Like I said, we, we're really jazzed for the NFL draft. I know I am. I, I've been counting down the days for basically since the end of the NFL season. This is my second favorite time of year with number one being NFL opening day, NFL opening Sunday, just because of how many games are on at the same time. It's wall to wall coverage of the NFL. But I'm really into fantasy football. I'm really into the NFL draft just in general and what especially what the Steelers, uh, how they draft and how who they'll draft. I'm actually doing a mock draft with uh, Josh Beard tomorrow night uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do uh, a bunch of different people are taking over the teams and we're going to do a, uh, a mock draft for how we think our teams will draft. So that'll be fun. Check that out on Josh's Twitter, which will be on the Discord. I say it every week thomas popped in and said like two things on the discord and then disappeared again it was i didn't catch him in time i as soon as i saw it i replied to him and he was gone in a flash but the discord link is in our description please join up maybe you'll see thomas post maybe you won't probably won't but it's a always a good time we're definitely knee deep in nfl draft talk and uh we were just discussing Netflix's losing 200,000 subscribers and on track to lose 2 million by the end of the next quarter. Their stock price is tanking and they want to start charging for sharing the accounts. So that's an interesting conversation we've been having and, and something those kind of topics come up a lot on the Discord. So if you're interested in technology, video games, sports, we have something for you. Politics, uh, just if you're looking to join the Discord specifically to interact with Thomas, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, to get, I, I, don't know, I tried to get on my computer and it wouldn't work, and then I forgot. So it's just hard. Like the whole what I do like about the Discord is like it, it's intended to be like more of a 
you know, not long winded, but more of a, a thorough like conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to Twitter when you and me go back and I have 15 different posts and it's super annoying. It's hard to keep going. Yeah. Ahead. But it's hard to do that on my phone. So, yes, yes. I, I don't like doing these long winded conversations on my phone either. That's why I have Discord on my computer. But yeah. I also check it on my phone. So I remember to like, oh, hey, that's an interesting topic. I want to come back and reply to it later. But yeah, join the Discord. Link is in the description. This week, NFL scandals. Good lord. We're gonna we're gonna start with the discrimination lawsuit that came up a couple months ago when the Dolphins fired Brian Flores. If you don't know about this, Brian Flores was the head coach of the Dolphins. Kind of surprise, shocking firing in the offseason. He basically immediately filed suit against the NFL for discrimination, alleging all sorts of things. Uh, on top of he interviewed for a job in New York and Bill Belichick, the coach of the Patriots, texted Brian Flores saying, hey, congrats on getting the Giants job. And he meant to text a different Brian <laughs> and Brian Flores was scheduled to go interview for that job. So it had already seemed like Bill Belichick knew they were hiring Brian Dable and not Brian Flores. Uh, so that's part of the lawsuit. Brian Flores also alleges alleges some uh, it wasn't force tanking, but some. What's the opposite of like pay for play? Pay pay to not play. Yes, hundred grand for every loss, and he pay, yeah, pay to tank. So we're gonna talk about that separately. But first, just the your thoughts on like, do you think the lawsuit will go anywhere? Do you think the lawsuit will have any changes to the NFL? What does this mean for the NFL? Uh, from everything I've heard from Brian Flores, um, and I've read a lot of what he's put out, um, he was on a, a, another podcast with uh, at least two former Dolphins players, uh, Channing Crowder and uh, Brandon Marshall, called I Am Athlete, and he kind of explained his position and why he was doing it. All that said, like he's done everything to make this as public as possible, and I, and I, I don't think he's an idiot, and only an idiot would make this as public as possible and not feel really confident that what he is saying is 100% true and verifiable. So I'm not going to be surprised at all if this gets uh, into a very public forum through a court and it comes out that he has pretty solid proof that Stephen Ross was paying him or actively trying to get him to lose. Um, to me, the, the, the significant interesting, significantly interesting part of the Dolphins thing is that uh, it was only like a – a little bit of time before that, I think like November, November, December, 2019, where the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross took on a pretty significant investment in a sports gambling company um, as that has become legal. So now you have an owner who has a heavy investment in sports gambling and is also trying to tank his own football team. Like we, we did, you know, our podcast about the, the, you know, top five, scandals and all the sports that's got to be up there number one if you have an owner that's intentionally trying to tank and has back channel connections to to gambling agencies so uh yeah i think i think if we if the investigation goes far enough which i doubt it will i think the nfl is going to try to bury this as best as they can because it is devastating to the brand of the nfl if it turns out to be true I think if they can prove that it, there was some kind of gambling element to it, yes, that's going to be one of the be- one of the biggest scandals ever. Like Pete Rose is considered a big scandal in baseball, and they can never prove that he was betting against his own team. They he just admitted to betting on baseball, uh, and pretty vehemently denies that he ever bet against his own team as a manager of of the Red, yeah. Cincinnati Reds. So they would have to prove that Ross was doing it with the gambling angle. Um, I think it's more likely that Ross wanted them to. I I believe Brian Flores that he was told that like, hey, there's a bonus in this if you tank and we get the first pick. I think they just wanted Burrow that bad. I think that makes more sense to me uh, than the gambling angle. But the gambling angle angle definitely doesn't look good. Well, the gambling angle wasn't the lawsuit. That's just something that. Like different right. That's, like, that's hey, just, it's just suspicious that he's like, right, right, right. If you can prove some kind of gambling angle, I agree. Right. It's a huge deal. But I don't think he's going to try to. I think he's just going to try to prove like 
they are paying me to basically intentionally forfeit and right, the Brian, integrity. And I think Brian, he might get kicked out of ownership by the league if it hit for me. They would have to. They would have to force him out of ownership. Yeah. At that point. The, the from Brian Flores' angle, it doesn't matter if it was gambling or not. He's just trying yeah. to to show that he was asked to throw games and he didn't. Uh, tanking in the NFL is definitely a big no-no. It's not seen as so bad in other leagues like baseball and hockey and basketball. Maybe not so much hockey, but definitely basketball and baseball. It's not nearly as taboo of a topic. We definitely see tongue-in-cheek tanking or outright tanking all the time in those two leagues. Um, I think I... Was it the Oakland A's or their payroll is the same as it was 20 years ago or something like that? Yeah. Their entire team payroll is less than what Max Scherzer gets paid this year. Yes. Something's <laughs> crazy like that. So, like, there's outright tanking in those leagues. But in the NFL, like, there's so many – it's 55 players, you know, however many players are active on a, on game day. There's physical consequences to playing the sport of football. Like, if you're not giving your – at least 95% best, like you could get hurt. You could get seriously injured. Like tanking is just not really a thing. Uh, so that would be, it would look bad for the league, but not nearly as bad as if Ross was actually had some kind of gambling side hustle going on. Um, but but again, yeah. So to say like, yeah, even in baseball, it's like, okay, we're tanking by not trying to acquire the best players right now. Right, but that, that like actively giving out financial bonuses to essentially yeah, move on it's hurt, a, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, that, that, that again, that just goes to the again the integrity of the sport, and I think that's where I mean the, the commissioner in the league would have to force him out of ownership just to save the brand, because then every time a team sucks, everybody's going to be like, "So what are we paying this coach to lose to? We've been bad for five years. What's the plan?" Like. Yeah, it's 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 just even it's different when like the Texans, right? The Texans just got rid of all their talent and signed like veteran guys for low contracts for the most part. And were trotting out miserable quarterbacks like they were tanking for sure. But however, (laughs) every single Sunday they were giving their best. They were trying to win. They almost upset some teams. They did upset some teams. Mm -hmm. They ended up not, you know, getting a lot of wins which was, you know, the overall point, I believe. But they weren't, like, not trying their hardest on Sunday. It's like trying your hardest on Sunday is what the NFL expects you to do. And for an owner to try to get his coach to get his players to not do that is definitely a black mark against the league. It's just a much bigger deal if there is a gambling hook to it. Yeah, at that point, I mean, if if they find that, that would – I would guess there's got to be some kind of criminal aspect to that. I mean, that, that would be borderline inside of trading, right? Like if you own, uh, basically can control the betting scene. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not sure what the betting laws are in Florida. And I know a lot of, as, as it's becoming legal, you know, different states are making their own laws, but I would got to think that's, that's gotta be criminal. Um, and he's got his personal problems. I just want him out of Miami. I haven't liked him for years. Um, and the only bright spot about, you know, everything Brian Flores. He didn't accuse Miami of racism, so that's good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just accused them of wrongful termination, which yeah. he's the only coach to have back-to-back winning seasons in like two decades. So he's probably got a fair point on the wrongful termination. Yeah, part. it was wrongful termination. I, I, I don't think he accused them of discrimination directly, but he was, I think, in part as part of the lawsuit, he used the studies that said, like, black coaches have a shorter leash than white coaches. Like, that no black co- no white coach has been fired after you know the same kind of season that Brian seasons Brian Flores has had. Um, I, I think that change that? might be harder though, just because uh, uh, Chris Greer, the GM, is also. I was just, yeah, I was just about to say it seemed like uh, aside from Brian Flores not listening to Stephen Ross about tanking, if that is the case, uh, it seemed like Flores and the GM didn't see eye to eye and didn't get along. And the other thing the case too is allegedly um, Stephen Ross was trying to get Brian Flores to break free agency rules and allegedly had a meeting set up with Tom Brady yeah. on a yacht. Yeah. And he was like, we 
that's that's not legal. We can't do that. <laughs> Which actually, I mean, speaks to, I mean, I think a lot, I mean, if, if that's true and it really played out like that, it kind of speaks to his honor because from what I'm reading, Tua was never his guy. So when he had, when he passed on a get Tom Brady by any means necessary opportunity to stick with a guy that he didn't like anyway, like I don't know, I was always a Brian Flores fan. I liked him. I liked his just his attitude, his mentality, his TNT wall. In fact, uh, he has a wall that he makes everybody run through. It's called the TNT wall because it takes no talent. So like if you jump off sides, he's like it doesn't take talent to stay on sides. Go run. And I just like that in a, a football coach. As a fan, I like that in a football coach. Um, and he always seemed pretty intense, pretty sharp. Um, yeah, and to bring it full circle, he signed on with the Steelers as a defensive assistant. Uh, yeah, he's a lot, but he's basically he's basically oversees our defense. Like yeah. we have a defensive coordinator who's going to call the plays, but he's like he's he is a very good one of the best defensive minds in the game. So. Him and Mike Tomlin are for sure overseeing that defense along with Terrell Austin, our defensive coordinator. I think it's a perfect spot for Brian Flores to – it's – I don't want to say rebuild his reputation because I don't think his reputation really I think he's tarnished. Ball, right? I think people might be afraid of him like in, in ownership and in, in GM circles. But Well, yeah, it's absolutely absurd he didn't get another head coaching job. So – there's something going on. I think people are waiting for the for the lawsuit to work its way out. Uh, so I think this uh, if, if this is the best he could do, it's a really good spot for him. He's going to he's going to help the Steelers tremendously, and whatever personal issues or professional issues he has, Mike Tomlin will have his back one hundred percent. So it's it's a really good spot for him. I'm I'm excited to have him. He's going he's going to be a huge help for us this year. We have the most expensive defense in the league, so if we don't lead the league in every defensive category i'm going to be severely disappointed enjoy me uh, Fitzpatrick, by the way yeah i mean that we're basically just did i didn't like to me minka fitzpatrick was a unique talent yeah. and superstar potential and the fact that he couldn't get him to work in his system that seemed curious I yeah that was a that was a that was kind of a underlying story when we hired brian flores was like what's going to happen with minka uh, but by all accounts it seems like it's water under the bridge I think I think Brian Flores was being a little too cute with Minka, and we just let him play free safety, and he's a stud. He's a stud. Yeah. So Didn't we get him for like a third round pick. No, we gave you guys our first. Uh, uh, for him. I don't know. I thought you fleeced us in that one. No, you guys got the first. Like we gave you guys the first, and then we were terrible at the start of the year. We were like zero and three, zero and four, and we were like a top five pick. We're like we just paid a top five pick for somebody they drafted at like eleven, and then we ended up finishing like because Mike Tomlin doesn't doesn't lose, he never doesn't had a losing win. season. Yeah, so uh, we ended up finishing with uh, either eight and eight or nine and seven or something like that, and ended up having a you know just a mid round pick. So we basically that year we drafted Minka Fitzpatrick. So totally fine with it. I think it was a fine trade for both sides, but. Back to tanking. Cleveland also got hit with some tanking allegations this week. I don't know if I believe this one as much as I believe the Miami ones because Cleveland's just been a a poorly run franchise for years. Like, what are you talking about? They tanked. They've been tanking forever. How could like, you tell the to that point? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how how do you how do you know when a like that's like saying that the Lions tanked? It's like well, what's the difference? Well, nobody can tell the difference. So. Well, who are they tanking for? Like. Because, like I said, they've been. I mean, they went two years with one win. So, yes. were they tanking both seasons? Well, they went. They went zero and sixteen, and Hugh Jackson promised not to do that again, and he went one and fifteen. <laughs> so. Man of his word. Uh, yeah, I I don't know so much about the Cleveland allegations. I don't know where they started or why they started. Maybe just because they won one game in two years, but that that team has been poorly run for a long time. And it seemed like they were turning it around, but I, this Watson deal is really unraveling for for them. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I thought it was very curious that uh, somebody accused Cleveland of tanking because uh, yeah, they might they've been to the playoffs one time and two times in twenty years. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, because I just don't think much surprises me in, in this kind of stuff. But uh, at the same time, like if this was a big deal, and I feel like Hugh Jackson sort of made mention of it previously, 
Um, and yeah. you know, I don't know, again, I've listened to Brian Floyd's enough, so I know he's risking a lot, and I get you know get what he's saying, and maybe Hugh Jackson just had different calculus and decided it wasn't worth it. But I don't know when you're bad for twenty years. Um, I mean, what's the difference between tanking and just playing your your game? And so, yeah, I mean, if if Hugh Jackson was tanking, that would basically mean that he wasn't as bad of a coach as he was and he would have had other opportunities after he got fired and it just hasn't worked out that way so i think it just turns out that he's a bad coach yeah there's, there's certainly room for that well and it might even too i mean like he might not be a bad coach but i think even good coaches find it hard to succeed in bad organizations yeah right so like i mean i, I think one i mean i'm not knocking mike Conlon. i'm sure he is actually a great coach but if you are a coach I mean, he said this when all the USC allegations are floating around. He's like, I've got the best job in all the professional sports. Like, when you work for a good organization, it, it gives you a lot more. You know, Bill Belichick could Bill Belichick could win in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had Belichick and Staben on that staff, too. Um, yeah, they had, they had an insane staff. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the thing. I mean, again, I mean, go back to Detroit. How many times have they had, you know, different coaches or new GMs or a new quarterback? Like, at some point, it's just the owner either doesn't know how to hire the right people around him or he's meddlesome, um, which is the case like Washington. Like Snyder's super meddlesome. He's just not good at it. So you're perpetually average at best. So We've kind of we've kind of touched on it already, but like if, if the Miami and Cleveland allegations turn out to be true, but there's no like betting angle, they were just doing it to get a better – improve their draft picks. Like do you like do you think that has a big impact on the league or do you just think it's like – a nothing burger. No, I think they force him. I mean, I think they would force him out of ownership at that point, just because I think you have to. I mean, I think the bedrock of the NFL and all the money they get is the assumption that everybody's trying to win. And I think if you uh, shake that foundation, the house starts to crumble a little bit. So I think the other owners are going to say, this isn't worth it. Like, you know, even if it's commonplace behind the scenes, like, sorry, dude, you got caught. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's wishful thinking because, like I said, I'm not a Stephen Ross fan. Even from like you know, when he fired, um, oh, who's the he was the coach before uh, Flores. Um, he was the hot commodity as an OC. Philbin, yeah, Joe Philbin. Um, like, is Philbin, Philbin, and Gase. Well, who's first? Gase is who I'm thinking of. Philbin was first. Gase was the most recent. Like he fired him over like a, a phone call. Like didn't even say like come to my office, let's talk. It was like yeah. he was in New York, fired him over a phone call. And I'm like, you don't do that. Like <laughs> for a number of reasons, like you just don't do that. And I was like, gosh, we're going to be bad forever because I, I really think when you have bad ownership, there's nothing that can be done except for fans boycott the team, make it not worth his while, make him sell. And most people aren't going to do that because football is just like a, a routine and a way of life. So I don't know, man. I'm hoping he gets kicked out, but we'll see. What do you think happens? Uh, I mean, I think the NFL buries it. I don't think he gets forced out. I think if he gets forced out, that's admitting that it happened. Uh, I don't have – I'm very cynical about the NFL and their ethics and morals and – what they'll do to protect the shield. So oh, they're definitely going to do everything they can, but like, I mean, they tried to, you know, bury CTE and that got very public. Yeah. I mean, if Brian Flores stands firm and sees his lawsuit through and doesn't take any settlements or anything, it could, come, it could come out. And he seems like he's pissed off enough to see it through. But if he settles, I think will. The NFL, the NFL will bury it. The NFL is not going to investigate tanking allegations if this lawsuit is settled. Oh, no, no. It, it would definitely not be like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not going to look into it and make anything public because they, they have nothing to gain at that point. I, and I, I mean, I, I don't know this dude. He just seems very much like a, like very principally driven on this and not willing to, to budge. Um, and I think especially like, you know, for the, the other allegations are all race based. So, I think very much he sees like if I got to be the fall guy to expose some flaws in the system so that other people behind me have a chance. Like I think he's comfortable, comfortable enough to do it. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think there's anything anybody can offer him or do to him um, to make him not make this as public as possible and see it through. So 
And with that, because I think it can be played out in, in, in court, that's where I think the uh, the issue can be forced. And for the NFL to save face, they would have to sacrifice Stephen Ross and a potentially uh, Cleveland owner. Yeah, uh, the Haslam's, Jimmy Haslam. Haslam, yeah. Uh, yeah, much like the Dolphins fans, I'm pretty sure that uh, most Browns fans would like the Haslam's to be gone. So, take a fan vote and let the let the voters decide. They'd be gone real quick. Yeah. So you mentioned him before, Dan Snyder, miserable owner, maybe one of the. I mean, he's definitely bottom five in the league, but maybe the worst owner in the league. Speaking of owners that the fans wish they got rid of, like <laughs> he's he's got to be at the top of the list, like of. A fan ire. He's had plenty of controversies in his time as owner, but it seems like the last five years have really, he's really turned up the the uh, quantity of them. We had the cheerleader scandal thing where they took cheerleaders on a like a calendar shoot. I don't know if it was Puerto Rico or Costa Rica or something. And they like confiscated their passports and made them like basically escorts for all the executives who were at the thing. Uh, Numerous allegations of high level employees in the, in the commander's front office who had sexual harassment uh, allegations against them. They had the John Gruden email leaks where he was talking to the GM of the, well, I think he was like the president and GM of yeah. the of the commanders, uh, Bruce Allen, uh, who John Gruden was emailing with. John Gruden gets fired from his coaching job, and basically nothing happens to the Redskins. Uh, that was during a, a different investigation into the Redskins, and somehow only John Gruden's emails got leaked. And there, the NFL is fighting tooth and nail to prevent the rest of the emails from the Redskins organ or the commanders organizations from getting leaked. And then just recently. A whistleblower came out and said that the Reds, the Dan Snyder was not paying his fair share in the revenue sharing to like the visiting teams coming like with ticket sales and whatnot that he's legally obligated to contractually obligated to share um, basically cooking the books and under reporting their revenue. And so of all the investigations and of all the things that are terrible and a bad look, it seems like the keeping money from the NFL scandal. That's going to be the one that makes the owners mad. <laughs> might be the one that gets Dan Snyder fired after all these years. Well, for what it's worth, I think you forgot one of the other scandals with the cheerleaders. Cause I believe it's also alleged that he uh, secretly took pictures of them, like, you know, changing and stuff. And then I don't, I don't think it was changing. I think somebody there's like, like, a, like it was backstage of the, like they knew that somebody was filming like, like a behind the scenes of the of the calendar shoot, and it had some of them topless, uh, and they were like, yeah, the the like high level male executives were like sharing it among themselves. Uh, so one of the allegations was that he had it made to like some of his favorite songs, and basically it was just like a right. It was like a sizzle. Yeah, it was like a sizzle reel of all of like like of the the outtakes from the behind the scenes of the photos. Like he's a creep. He's definitely oh. a creep. Yeah, for sure. There, I definitely forgot one because he was just like, like five or six months ago, was accused of uh, trying to like take home one of the team employees or whatever, oh, yeah. and she like ran out of his limo or whatever. The lawyer was like, "Dude, like, stop." Yeah, 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 and he had to like be told no. Uh, so that happened, and and then this thing came out, and yeah, it's it's always the money. Ask Al Capone. You don't mess with the money. Like Al Capone got caught because of tax evasion. Dan Snyder might go down for cooking the books uh, and not paying his fair share. It, it doesn't really matter to me. Like it's a really bad look for the NFL to put up with this for so long. All the all the stuff that he's. It's not like the 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 Washington Commanders have been like super successful under his reign they've been one of the most underperforming franchises and yet are one of the most the the commanders are one of the most valuable franchises in the nfl still but it's just crazy that like i think they're he's very um litigious is that a word litigious litigious i think they might be afraid of that but like 
there's there comes a point where it's just like enough, man. Like he's he's made the NFL look bad so many times, and they've ke- they've protected him and kept him in the league. If they can him over this, it's just like such I don't want to say it's a bad look like it's it's long overdue, but it's just like you guys are so petty. Like he does all this terrible, terrible stuff and has been accused of terrible, terrible stuff and you keep him around. But as soon as he touches your money, he's gone. But the good thing about the NFL is he's got so much other nonsense around him. They can say we're canning him for all of these like good and proper moral reasons. Yeah. And the money had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's not going to be true, but they can at least say it. And it's it, yeah. it fits with the setting. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because even like they're trying to build a new stadium and nobody's wanting, basically, none of the, the kind of localities are wanting to actually pony up money and help him. Um, well, like, our, our, our neck of the woods has been has been courting him, Loudoun County specifically. For a little bit. And the General Assembly said they'd only offer up like a couple. Nobody, of wants to, nobody wants to pay that much. Nobody wants to outbid anybody by a significant amount by any means. Yeah. But Loudoun County for sure. Because the, the for people who don't know, the Washington team actually practices right near where both Thomas and I live. They practice right in Ashburn. I drive by their facility all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that like most of the team lives in Ashburn, in and around Loudoun County, anyway. And so if they built the stadium. The stadium is two hours away, basically. Yeah, and that that's probably like without traffic. <laughs> so yeah. if they built it, I, I I want them to be in DC. Like I, they're the Washington team they should be in dc it doesn't it doesn't seem like that's going to happen it seems like they're either going to rebuild in in lansdowne or they're going to come out to loudon county but yeah i i don't i don't want anything to do with that team as long as snyder's still running it yeah no i i agree um i i can also see potentially him trying to basically move the team someplace else um because if if he's going to get a football star city only up let's say 700 million for a new stadium yeah, he's going to pull a Cronky. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and Washington will get the team back in a few years, and it'll stink, you know, for Washington fans for, you know, the, the period of time where they don't have them. But honestly, I think, like, if you polled the fans and said, listen, you won't have football for five years, but Snyder's going to take his team, leave, and then when you get a new team, it'll be a new owner. I, I, I bet they a good number of fans, <laughs> if not the majority – a good number of fans just say like, okay, I can go for Baltimore for five years and uh and then wait. Oh yeah, I'm totally fine if he takes the team to London. So yeah, anywhere really, because yeah, he just he's a clown, man. So yeah, it's he's absolutely the worst. Um uh, and like it's not even like it's an undeserved reputation. Like I've read stories on NFL websites on places like Reddit on Twitter of like him interacting with normal people at like restaurants or um, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, we live next to a a very fancy resort in Loudoun County. There's fancy resorts. um, I can't remember that. It's like Greenbrier or something in West Virginia, like a really fancy where all the rich people go. Like I've heard, I've read stories of people from like employees that were just like, he's the worst. He's just not, he's, rude and demanding uh and he's just like a miserable person and like it all it all makes sense when you hear about all these scandals with his team and how poorly he's run the team like it all just i think him being an owner is a worse look for the nfl than you know ross trying to tank for joe burrow maybe the joe burrow who had the best Call, I mean, I guess it was currently ongoing, but Joe Burrow was in the midst of having the best college quarterback season of all time. That makes more sense to me. That's a little bit more forgivable. Like, I'd rather have Ross do that than have any of the myriad of things that Snyder has done on and off the field. Yes, I mean, because ultimately Snyder didn't like, hurt anybody. Like, he did, you know what I'm saying? Like, he he was a bad owner. He I mean, football games won or lost don't actually mean anything. Whereas Snyder's actually like hurting people, taking advantage of people, like being way more inappropriate. Um, so yeah, if you have to choose, I, I you know, I'd rather have Stephen Ross's than Dan Snyder's. Um, but I think they're both equally incompetent when it comes to owning a team. I mean, I think Stephen Ross is, is – I mean, Dan Snyder like basically wants to have too much input and he makes poor decisions um, from a football standpoint. 
I don't know if Stephen Ross knows what he wants to do. Because I don't know if he's super meddlesome, but he also just doesn't have like a real solid vision for what to do other than try to get high draft picks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather see them both be kicked out of the league. But I, I, don't, I, could, I do not see a situation where they kick two owners out of the league. And unfortunately, I think they're going to they they're gonna kick Ross out of the league before they kick out Snyder. But they do but things where, like, like you said, though, Snyder, Snyder may be taking money from them. Ross didn't take money from anybody. Right. Yeah. So that's true. That. I, mean, I, I just. Say, that's what that's what gets their attention. Like. Yeah, I just don't understand why they protected when like you can you can force him out and then sell the make him sell the team and like as part of that sales package you can have the new owners basically like okay you, you buy the team for one point five billion and then like there's like some kind of kicker where like it gets split with the rest of the franchises like you could make people do that for all the money that Snyder quote unquote stole mm-hmm. we don't know yet how true it is um but yeah it just seems like all upside to me i don't know why they they keep him in the league but it's happening and i'm i'm not my what percentage would you give for kicking ross out of the league and kicking snyder out of the league like separately it doesn't have to be uh, less than five percent for ross um partially because i think it'll be hard to prove um I think it'd be hard to prove that he actually was trying to pay to tank and pay to lose games. Um, cause I don't think Stephen Ross or anybody would be stupid enough to put that in a text. And I think when you kind of do like the, what we saw from like deflate gate, like people are going to be like, Oh, I didn't mean that. Like, so I think it'd be too hard to prove. And he didn't take money from the NFL. He didn't do anything criminally. Uh, you know, he didn't do any criminal activity. Um, so I think he stays plus my luck isn't that good. Um, I think Snyder, Twenty percent. I'd go as high as twenty percent. I think there's a decent chance they can prove that he was taking money, and that would make everybody upset, and that force him out. Um, and I think it would probably look better for the NFL to force Dan Snyder out because he's probably the from from at least from what's publicly known or suggested, he's probably the worst human that owns <laughs> owns the football team. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, this we can veer this off into our normal deep state like conversations, and I'll just say I think most billionaires are probably terrible people, but Snyder's like the one percenter of those terrible people. Like he's the top one percent of terrible people among terrible people. He's elite in his atrocities to mankind. He's, he's elite. He's the one point one of of terrible people for sure. <laughs> uh, to bring back some draft lingo. Uh, is there any other scandals or uh, NFL noteworthy items that, that we've missed? Mm, not scandals. I mean, we, we didn't talk about Watson a lot. But I mean, there's there's not much to say about Watson. I think the contract was structured was kind of, I mean, he did what he needed to do and they wanted him third. Not surprising, but I mean, he, he's safe if he gets suspended for any of this year because he's not making much money this year. Yeah, he doesn't lose a lot of money. He just... Yeah, he loses a million dollars, whatever. <laughs> I think that well, what I've read is that his civil lawsuits are getting pushed into next year. So that means that the NFL generally doesn't like to punish people until all is said and done, generally. Probably put a period after punish people. They generally don't like to punish people. They don't. Uh, like Ray Rice we've, had we've seen that over and over videos. again. Right. But Watson is a much more highly publicized case and just the amount of uh, accusers against him. He's going to get punished. I would assume it's going to be for at least eight games, if not 16. Uh, he, he's not going to get any. He's already, you know, three, two or three grand juries have already declined to press charges against him. He's not in any um, criminal legal trouble. It's all civil lawsuits at this point. I imagine he he says he doesn't want to settle, but I bet you get settled sooner rather than later. I think now that he's got his new team and his new contract, he wants to serve his suspension this year. Like that's his goal is to sit out whatever the suspension is this year. I assume that if this gets pushed into next year, that he's going to be able to play this year. And then next year he'll get suspended. How restructure his contract now? So... <laughs> 
Yes. The thing that made me get, I mean, uh, I haven't followed that story closely enough. And if he did it, then a whole lot of, you know, consequences come his way. Um, Also don't want to like assume because it was public allegation that there's definitely like guilt. Again, I haven't followed the story nearly as close as you have. Um, But I would say with his money, he could probably basically just run the clock out on this to where the accusers just can't financially keep up with the delays and stall tactics and things like that, that um, if he was guilty and didn't want to settle, probably could afford to do. Yeah. I I don't know how the civil courts work and how the, I think most, if not all the accusers are represented by just one attorney, one firm, but he has just to kind of bring up to speed and talk all. I want to clear up the, the way his contract is structured a little bit too, but Deshaun Watson had 40 something massage therapists over like a two year period in Houston. Many of them weren't licensed massage therapists. He was finding quote unquote mom and pop massage therapists on like Instagram. They're basically Instagram models who were, who did massages. Uh, so he would hit them up via DM in and around the Houston area. And I think he flew some into the Houston area to give him massages of the 40, 24 of them. So over half accused him of impropriety of ranging from, um, trying to touch his penis against them, trying to get them to do stuff to him. Uh, Nothing as serious as like rape, but still inappropriate touching, sexual harassment, uh, stuff like that. He... 40 massage therapists is is crazy. That's a lot of people. (laughs) Something was going on there. It's a he said, she said, there's no like there's DMs where um, there's some text like DMs from Instagram, I think that he like he apologized to a couple of them saying, I'm sorry if you felt uncomfortable or something, not saying like he what he did or anything, but like, you know how you say like, oh, that's not what I meant. I meant like something else. So there are some DMs, but just the fact that there's like he he had 40 different massage therapists. He wasn't going through normal channels. He wasn't going through uh, Yelp. He was going through Instagram to find people who weren't, you know, licensed or, you know, stuff like that. And then to have 24, again, 24 accusers, but only 22 who are pressing charges or are seeking damages, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Whether he's guilty of one or two or 22 or whatnot, I don't know if that's relevant. But basically, I think given the facts of the cases, we know them like he was definitely doing something untoward, something shady, something he shouldn't have been doing. And to me, like him just getting up there, like I I understand the circumstances of like his livelihood on the line, but like he, that I don't know if you watched the press conference when they introduced him or not, but like it was clear he was not telling the truth and like avoiding questions. And like, basically he outright denied doing anything wrong, uh, which is a very strong stance to take. And to me, it was just very gross, I guess. Like just the, again, to me, it's like, one one or two accusations is one thing. Twenty twenty four is completely different. That's it's it's clear he did something, and then for Cleveland to give him the largest guaranteed contract of all time, and he basically got rewarded uh, for lying and and uh, stonewalling for the last year or so. You know, sat on Houston's bench, didn't got paid the whole time. Uh, he basically suffered no consequences and he's probably going to suffer no consequences. It really just kind of irks me and a lot of others the wrong way. Uh, as far as the contract goes, it, it, 
it looks bad on the surface for sure. He he's only getting I think his contract's worth 230 million and he's only getting paid 1 million in the first year and a lot of people are like they structured it that way because if he gets suspended he won't lose out on that much yeah. money. Yeah. Uh it turns out that Cleveland does that kind of structure for a lot of their deals. He's not the first. Uh so it kind of gives some credence to like they didn't intentionally do it that way. Mm. But I guarantee I guarantee that like that was a part of it. That that was he had a choice between teams. And he ended up choosing Cleveland like as kind of a last minute change of heart because the reports were that he, like Cleveland was out of it. It was like Atlanta and New Orleans. Uh, and he changed his mind basically the last minute and switched to Cleveland. And I bet you the, I think the contract structure had a lot to do with it. But on the part of Cleveland, like it looks really bad for Cleveland. But like I said, I saw I saw that a lot of uh, some of their other more recent signings had a very low first year contract. And then like there's more money on the back end of it. So I wonder why they do that. You know, do you think there's any chance? Or, uh, I guess, you know, you probably don't. But is there any chance this is like the Duke lacrosse team from a few years ago where it looked no. really bad at first? But it, no, it that was off. one accuser accusing the whole team. I think was, I thought it was two. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's not twenty two. Maybe two. But, but yeah. like I said, the I one or two thing I'm saying is like, you know, again, strictly just playing devil's advocate. Um, right. But yeah. it's like it was like they all had remarkably similar stories about what happened. And it, these women didn't know each other beforehand. They all had remarkably similar stories about him hitting up on Instagram, him promising them like all this publicity. Uh, you know, again, these were not these were small time to call them like massage therapists was really stretching the definition of massage therapist. Basically like they were, they were all small time and uh, having an NFL player as part of your clientele. He, he was like going to, he like part of what his like wooing process was like, Oh yeah. You know, I'll hook you up with some more players on the team. Yeah, I did hear you know, that. you're going to get repeat business. Like, you know, you do a good job on me, uh, do what I say and I'll, I'll hook you up sort of thing. So he's already in that position of power on top of just being a professional athlete, you know, size as, as far as like physical power. Uh, and yeah, they just all had remarkably similar stories. And again, 24 of them, 22 of them willing to come forward and, and put their names on record to say he did it. Like it's, there's just no way he didn't do something. And I, I would believe he did most of what they said. Uh, so it's tough, man. I, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, you're young, you're a quarterback, you're super rich, like you didn't need to go this route. Like you you had like plenty of options from any number of beautiful women. Like Dude, that, that's the thing that always gets me. Like and I'll pick on Ben I'll pick on you via Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> was not a not a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he may not have had the options that other NFL quarterbacks had, but like but even still, he's you know young and rich and you know famous to a degree, being an NFL quarterback. But like, it's it's not it's they. It sounds like a cliche, but it's like it's not about the sex or whatever the sexual gratification. It's about like the power. Like, there's no reason why, like you said, there's no reason why Deshaun Watson needs to go and get a rub and tug from a, an Instagram mas- massage therapist. There's no reason. Like un- unwillingly, like there are, I'm sure dozens, if not hundreds of women who would line up and willingly do whatever Watson wanted to do sexually. The fact that he had to do it this way, like there's something wrong. And that's why like, but that's why it's weird though. Cause like, like I said, like it's, it's to my knowledge, none of them accused him of like being forceful or like, it was always like this weird, creepy, suggestive, oops, my bad. Yeah. So like yeah. if it's a power thing, it just make it would make more sense if they were saying assault. Well, it's or, some sort of like it's some sort of fetish. Like it's not. Well, I just mean like, yeah, like and so the fact that he got up there and denied it is just like you you should have just like come clean a little bit. Maybe maybe made the situation look more favorable favorable to you and admit to some of it. But like to flat out deny it and say that the all the all the twenty four women are lying he obviously has an issue with it. Like he has, he has, he has some sort of issue where he's compelled to do that sort of thing because you don't just get 40 massage therapists in two years and you don't just do weird sexual stuff. He, I think 
I think he admitted to like sleeping with one or two, like consensually, like they said, like it was all consensual, whatever. But doing it that way, instead of just like doing it a normal, healthy way means that I'm, I'm fairly convinced that this is going, he's going to do something else in the future because he, he basically got away with it this time, but it's gotta be some kind of, he's gotta be compelled to do it. Cause there's no other reason why he would do it the way he did it. Unless it's some sort of like, I, I will say like if you I would say this and it's a big assumption if you assume like complete innocence and he wasn't trying to do anything wrong it is really weird that like hey man fifteen times you've ran this same play or you've moved this same way and it's creep people out maybe you don't act like that <laughs> like when getting a massage you know yeah. like like if nothing else I mean, the social awkwardness yeah. you think you'd be like oh wow everybody's really creeped yeah. out when I roll over like this. And again, there's DMs from him apologizing for whatever happened. Uh, so well, you knew no matter what, it was awkward multiple times. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah, man, it's just there's there's too much. It's where, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's just too much, too much um, similarity between the stories for him not to have done something. Uh, of what they've said. And I, I, I think it'll happen again. Cause again, he, pre- he's basically getting off scot-free. Uh, not only did he not get any criminal charges, but he got rewarded with a bigger contract. So there's no, no repercussions. So I think, I think, you know, for he'll lay low for a couple of years, but something, something's going to happen again in the future. Uh, yeah. and everybody will be like, we told you. So uh, in the show with ranking, uh, most likely to least likely with Snyder being forced to sell, Ross being forced to sell, um, Cleveland's owners being forced to sell, and Watson being out of the league in three years. Name most likely to least likely. Uh, I think Cleveland owner being forced to sell is least likely. I think Watson is second least likely. I think then you go Ross and then Snyder. Snyder most likely. Yeah, I agree. Snyder most likely. Ross second most likely. I would say uh, Cleveland's ownership stays the same is more likely than I think the least likely is Watson being out of the league. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And yeah. in the next three years, I, I mean, I think in the next you know five to seven years, maybe something else happens. Uh, but even then, I don't think he gets kicked out because he got away with it this time. No problem. So, again, he might come away with an eight-game suspension, and that's going to be the worst of it. Yeah, the NFL doesn't do harsh suspensions for for much. So, well, uh, Calvin—that's the other thing we didn't really talk about. But the the wide receiver Calvin Ridley got suspended for an entire year for gambling uh, on his team to win, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do if you're going to bet on your own team. Well, yeah, but I, like I've heard so many players say, like from day one, multiple times, like a year, you're told yeah. no matter what, don't, you can not bet on football, no matter but, what. <laughs> yeah, I'm also of the opinion that he wasn't with the team, and all of his bets checked out. Like there was no like weird betting. He bet on his team to win, and I think that's entirely fine. Yeah, I, I would say like from a, I th- I think don't get me wrong. They tell him not to bet. He should be he should be suspended for yeah. two games, four games. An entire season is insane. It, it was, An entire, se- entire season, you'd have to prove that he bet against his team and did something. He was doing insider. Yeah. He knew some. He knew he knew Matt Ryan was more hurt than they were letting on. Uh, he w- he purposely dropped some balls. Something you'd have to prove that he did that, and that'd be a major suspension. But sixteen games for betting on your team to win while you're not even with the team. He was away from the team, not playing with the team, not practicing with the team. I think that's that was a little harsh. Yeah, what he did was dumb, not necessarily like malicious, right? But that's yeah. what I, I would say though too, like to that point, like that's where I think because of how hard they were on him for betting pennies for compared to what he makes. For yeah. team to win, if Ross was proven to like be trying to get financial incentive to lose on purpose, that's why I think they'd have to come back. Yeah, you have to. You got to prove that's that's hard to prove. It is hard to prove, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where like the stupidity factor for Ridley almost warrants the suspension, but certainly <laughs> not the like the egregious behavior doesn't warrant any suspension. 
Like, yeah. it wasn't egregious in nature. Yeah, I, I think he should be suspended, but I have like two or four games seems enough. Like, 16 is nuts. An entire year. And again, he bet on his team to win, which is not – that P- should what, be – What's a PED suspension in the NFL? Eight games? It starts today, right? No, it's like four. Oh, we had a four? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for me, that, yeah. That, that, that's, that's some – that's, that's backwards because like PEDs are affecting the outcome of the game, whereas way more than gambling. <laughs> like, what are you gambling on your team when you're away from the team? Like, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you want some really good gambling tips, follow me at the rake with the A's of four on Twitter. Uh, I don't put out any gambling tips, but you can ask me questions about football. I'm fairly knowledgeable. You can ask Thomas Black underscore 86 on Twitter any questions about Liberty football. Uh, that's a different brand of football. It's kind of like real football, but kind of like how soccer's football. Uh, and follow the, follow the show Twitter at OVO Deep State. Please join the Discord. Come tell us about what your quote-unquote favorite NFL scandal is or any scandals we missed or what you feel about anything we got wrong or you agree with about the stuff we did talked about tonight. Uh, how how likely who you think is going to get uh, removed from the NFL first? Stephen Ross, Deshaun Watson, uh, Dan Snyder, or Jimmy Haslam? Give us your thoughts. Uh, all that's in the description below. As always, we appreciate you guys for appreciate you guys for listening. Next episode will probably be another serious topic. We'll get back on that train. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I'm again, I'm just obsessed with the NFL and this was a good, a good time of year to talk about what's going on. And if you want to watch the draft, we are doing a mock draft tomorrow night on Josh's stream, which is twitch.tv slash toothpeat. And then next Thursday, which is the 28th for the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, me and Josh will also be on his Twitch live stream in the draft, just doing our own little analysis as it goes on. So please join us. That'll be fun if you're into sports. If not, feel free to ignore, but still join the Discord because we talk about stuff other than sports. Uh, anything you got for us, Thomas? No, nope. fun conversation. Hopefully Malik goes to a good team. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about it uh, next episode when we record where he goes. But uh, like I said, thanks for listening, y'all. Appreciate it. Take it easy, guys.